Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, what a night. Watching Tottenham on a Tuesday night. Hello, everyone, and welcome to... <laughs> toe. I'm just clearly just so hung up on last night. Welcome to a What a Night part of the Night Min Podcast Network. You're joining us on Thursday morning at the time of recording. We wanted to record as soon as possible after Spurs beat Leicester by three goals to two goals coming in the 95th and the 97th minute to get one over on Leicester, who seems to take a lot of joy in seeing Tottenham get battered everywhere they go last night. (laughs) (laughs) You weasels. You weasels. (laughs) Uh, On the pod today, Shorty Walsh, Hunter Godson, Jude Sunfield. Judy, you all right? Yeah. You want to come down? Oh, man. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Like, the adrenaline. We, we everyone just needs a coins fix this morning, I think. So, you know, well our lads forget it on the Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> have you been have you been just sort of getting every single bit of content you can from last night? Yes, devouring the Twitter feed. Um mm. obviously still waiting for a Conte cam, which I'm sure will come out <laughs> at some point today. And that'll be like the highlight of the day, I think, just uh watching those celebrations on the touchline because he was losing it. It was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was so good. There's so much, isn't there, Hunter, to unpack? Like so many little things. You just—it's like everything is so layered. Yeah, I, I saw. Uh, I think it was Jack Pitbrook said, "Look, nothing will ever, ever, ever come close to Ajax." But there was a sprinkling of feeling about that last night, just in terms of what, what, like the celebrations for one. You know, Conte. Even when we scored the set, the the equaliser, Conte was giving it to the Leicester crowd, which I just love. Like, <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly, so yeah, yeah, have a bit of that. And then just simple things like in Kane's post match uh, interview with Bergwijn, he's got a big smile on his face. It's just like, I don't know, I'm a simple person, clearly, but like that really for me was like, God, it's so nice seeing these guys enjoying doing things like that again, like big moments that um, that can define a season. I said before the game. I said, when Son scored to go 2-0 up uh, in Poch's last season against Leicester, and it was disallowed by, at the time, we were still giving those sort of offsides where no one could actually see. And I thought that was a bit of a sliding doors moment. And I think last night could have been a bit of a sliding doors moment because genuinely, when you do something like that, there's belief that that grows within the within a squad that you can do things like that, that it is possible to go a little bit further. And Spurs have turned around a fair few games this season and under Conte, and we weren't doing that last year. And that is, I know people like to say this team has a terrible mentality, but that is a shift. That is a genuine shift. Yeah, that, it did feel that way, Sean, didn't it? felt like there was... Um, I, know, I know it's easy to get carried away in those moments, but there was such a transition yesterday from, oh, Tottenham, to, oh, Tottenham! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you said, Andy, isn't it? Like, it's, it's just so layered. It's like the world's sweetest onion. And there's so many different things that we can just unpack and take away from it. And 99% of them are just so good for... For Spurs as fans, for just as 
people involved with the club just it is it really hunter's right this is a slow doors moment this is a real momentous moment in our season right when it felt like we were just going to get, get angry and just I don't, I don't know about you guys but i felt the frustration i felt i felt like i was one with conte after mm. less the second goal where i was just like i just need more man we need more <laughs> of this that, uh, am I going too far to say that we're starting to sort of flip the narrative under Conte from being a team that might concede late to being a team that would score late? Yeah, I've seen I've seen a couple of um, uh, the statisticians coming out today and, and sort of laying out how Spurs have gone from conceding goals in the last 10 minutes to scoring goals in the last 10 minutes, winning points from losing positions. There's, I mean, look, we're still, it's not, you know, you don't have to be a genius to watch Spurs play and go, there's personnel that maybe need to be moved on. There's positions where they need to strengthen. But there's no doubt that this team is going further in games. And that's because of him getting them fitter and more organised. And even that thing yesterday, the, the switch to bring Emerson off for Dotti, I think we can all sit there and say we weren't 100% sure on it. But what Dotti offered, especially in getting the equaliser, was a thousand times more than Emerson offered while he was on the pitch. And that that sort of tactical switch, which none of us would have done, right? <laughs> if, you, if you'd offered me one substitution at halftime, that wasn't the one I was making. That's the sort of thing that he can bring to the club and it really worked. And so, yes, I think, I think you can say that the narrative has to change slightly around Spurs. Nine games unbeaten since Conte's come in in the Premier League. That's that's mad. There's a difference, isn't there, though? Like, when you look at the nature of that that game and how it played out, it went from being within the space of 90 seconds, like, well, we did well to get a point out of that, to, oh, my God, what just happened? And like the, the the changes and the ability to kind of manipulate a game is something I don't think I've experienced as a as a Spurs fan for for a long time, Jude. I can't remember the last because I would even go back beyond Pochettino because I don't ever remember thinking Pochettino as someone that was proactive with substitutions. I always felt like I was waiting for his subs and always kind of like, come on, Poch, do something, you know. Mm. Yeah, Poch is pretty. That was that was the part of his management that's quite horrific. He was never proactive from the bench, and he always took his time. And by the time he got someone fresh onto the pitch, he thought it might be a little bit too late. Um, but the the players who came on like dirty at half time, um, they gave he gave Bergvine ten or so minutes. I don't think many people would have expected him to score twice. And well, I guess it was sort of more twenty minutes given that added time totted up towards the end. Um, but yeah, it just gave a, a, a Leicester team that was tiring something else to think about, more pace mm. out wide. And they, um, they ended up cracking and sort of giving Spurs the win in the end. Like the nature of the third goal, it, it really did seem like they were just overawed by <laughs> Spurs coming back into the game. And then they lit, it, it, the, the turnover from kickoff to, to the ball being down the other end in about 10 seconds is... Well, if I was a Leicester fan or Brendan Rodgers, I'd be absolutely livid because that is yeah. so that is so Tim Pot the way they can see the back up. I think the, the, the I think that last goal was a good microcosm of um the midfield battle last night. Cause I think a lot of people went into the game, they saw the lineup of um with Winks, Skip and Hoiberg in central midfield, and they thought it was a bit overkill with 
the kind of midfielders they are. I thought that I thought Winks and Skip in particular was superb. I thought Hoiberg was good. I think he didn't cover himself in glory for their second, but he was still good and he was very important in the build to the second goal. But we just kind of sliced through the midfield so easily. It's like Leicester wanted us to. Like mm. Tielemans was not very careful with the ball. Jusbihul ran around a bit, but I wasn't particularly impressed by him. Um, Madison obviously got the goal and was quite good apart from that. But we, I thought that we ran rings around them. I think that was yeah. real credit to Skip, Weeks and Hoiberg. So let's, let, in terms of how we'll go about it, will you, we'll get good, bad, ugly, the beautiful. What I'll, I think it would be good to do is kind of, in the good, let's pick out the performances that we liked and, and the players that we thought had a, a strong game. We'll get into the defence and we'll get into the nature of the goals that we conceded. And then we'll save for the beautiful, just the, the chaos at the end and all of the different things that we picked out in that last two-minute period. And then we'll have a little chat about uh, the Chelsea game this weekend. N- nothing like uh, pouring ice cold water on the bonfire like <laughs> to Stamford Bridge off the back of winning <laughs> that must have, our record at Stamford Bridge must be one of the worst records in English football, right? Like there's that, that's yeah. just unbelievable. If someone's unbelievable. Got a worse record than that, they yeah. have to be appalling. <laughs> <laughs> they have to be dreadful. Um so who wants it like I mean can I put Harry Kane forward first? I know we would get on to yeah. him at one point or another, but I just got so much joy from his performance last night, Jude. Yeah, what was nice is he was, he's back to like his uh, his shoot on site self again. I think he had like, I think he must have had about 10 shots um, yeah. last night. And when he sort of, on the song, he's taking shots from like God knows where, if he's 40 yards out or from the most ridiculous angles. And you just sort of get a feeling that, like, right, he's into the game now. He can um, he can start damaging opponents, which we haven't always had this season. Um, but but yeah, he was he was great in the air. Um, he was happy getting the ball to his feet and running with the ball. Um, the chop inside that just absolutely mugged off Sionchu, Um and the finish into the far corner was awesome. Um, his link up play again, the assist for the final goal, just the composure that. Well, I mean, like the other week against Chelsea when we had a chance to score and I can't, I think it was Winks who sort of scuppered the chance to play him through, but we had the right person in the situation this time to slip through Stevie V. Um, yeah, Kane was, Kane was awesome. And hopefully this is like a season that's, you know, we're having at the moment. He can just sort of put the first half behind him and now really kick on and try and get towards like 20 goals for the season and really start to be that influential guy again. His, his hold-up play was magnificent, wasn't it, Hunter? Just watching the ball be pinged into him at any different angle and him just spin the defence so easily. Yeah, look, Spurs are not very good at passing the ball into Kane's feet. They still are not very good at it, but the man can do it when it's up by his hip, you know, in his chest, you know, sort of at an awkward angle by his knee. There's a lot of overhit passes going into him last night and he managed to turn them into something quite impressive. Um, I also thought his work rate going the other way was completely unmatched. I, can't, I think he looks leaner. I don't know if that's just completely made up in my own head because he's running more, but, but he, he looks leaner. He looks slimmer. Um, he just looks interested. I'm I'm the same. I love him when he's, he's selfish uh, because we can all remember those dipping shots that he used to score so many of. Obviously, that's sort of not happened for him so much in the last couple of years, but he definitely still has the ability. I prefer for him to be trying than anyone else on the pitch. Um, 
I almost had a moment with Jeff at Tanganga actually where he shot. <laughs> and I was, I was doing, it was a bit Vincent company. I was like, no! And just, yeah, just generally, I think he's really, he more than, nearly more than anyone on this team is going to benefit from Spurs not being in the Conference League and not having to worry about, am I going to play in sort of somewhere in Eastern Europe on Thursday and then have to do it again on Sunday. So I think that's, you know, none of us wanted to be in the Conference League, really. I know we wanted to win it. We all did. There's no denying that. But now that we're out of it, it looks like top four could be on and a bit of a blessing, especially for Kane's ankles. It it, it looks so, so promising at the moment, doesn't it, in terms of the the games in hand that that the game against Leicester would have been the one that I would have been very, very apprehensive about, primarily because you don't know which Leicester can turn up. Um, I suppose Brighton's a huge one as well, but the uh, the points on the board against games played suddenly just reads a whole lot better with the with us kind of sitting closely on West Ham's heels and knowing that they've got to play Man United this weekend. Um, surely you haven't had a uh, your say on on Harry Kane. Anything that you enjoyed about his performance? Uh, I think he just, in general, Hunter mentioned he looked leaner, but I think more importantly, he looked sharper. He just looked like he had the ability to beat a man for pace, which I haven't seen in about four or five years. And that might just be because Leicester was so unfit and they were running in treacle at times, Jesus mm. Christ. But he, it was just the absolute complete performance. You know, if I'm sure you could make a good five, 10 minute long highlight video of everything good that Kane did last night. And I think it, it was one of the it was one of the weird things in recent years, like you know, you get those compilations of Kane doing like those crossfield balls. We didn't get that last night, but we got every single thing else that we would have mm. possibly wanted from Kane. We got a goal, we got him beating men, we got him shooting on site whenever he wanted to, and he got a brilliant match winning assist. And if he looks locked in for the rest of the season, I think I think he looks like someone who really does believe in the project now, which is like kind of mad to think where we were a few months ago under Nuno and I think you said it Hunter like if he could get to 20 goals this season then that's big for us that is massive because of just the added threat that we're going to have going forward that we just didn't have in the first half of the season mm. yeah totally what I, I think is he on now in terms of goals five I think in the Prem and they've come within the, the last, last month, month. <laughs> last month, yeah. Look, yeah. if he carries on, I think if he carries on at this rate, he can hit twenty, and mm. and say it quietly because I know Man United got burnt by this. But our run post post January is, in terms of in footballing terms, it's fairly kind. Um, I, I, one thing I just wanted to pick up on is, for me, Kane is absolutely at his best when he's sort of creating chances for himself. And I think in the last few weeks, he's really struggled to do that. There was a couple of times last night, the one that we had it cleared off the line in particular was mm-hmm. like prime came for me, that sort of weird twisting in the area that for some reason is really, I mean, clearly very good at turning, really good sort of twist in between two centre-backs and got the shot off. And it was just very good defending from Thomas, I think is yeah, the young centre-back. He also managed to have, I think, I think Nathan Clark tweeted at half time that he'd had seven shots and five in the box, which is that's where you want Kane. And Conte made the point in the summer, didn't he? The clip got shared all around social media that he wants Kane in and around the area. Well, yesterday we got the best of both. We got him linking up the play and then him getting in the box. And, and that's uh, that has to be 
from him being fitter because he's in two places now and, and we've, we just look much better for it. Actually, I think, like you said, Hunter, he's going to be one of those players that benefits so much when the season eventually settles and we're talking one game a week. The version of Harry Kane you get, I know he's a, a kind of confidence, momentum player, but the version of Harry Kane you get when he's completely fresh, just playing, just focusing on one thing at a time and not worrying about having to drag Spurs out of trouble for the last half hour of a game in the arse end of nowhere. Like, it's, it's, it's going to just suit us so much better. And I actually think as well, this is, we'll kind of come on to this a little later on, but I think last night we got the very best of all worlds in terms of seeing a Spurs side play very well in terms of what the first team could do under the circumstances. Winning the game in dramatic circumstances as well, but also seeing all of our flaws be displayed over a 97-minute period to show, like, we've got to do something really transformative. That's what Conte said, wasn't it? Do something. We have to do something. <laughs> just, just, like, if, if we were to bring in, like, I don't know, a couple of journeymen from Syria who at least Conte knows and trusts, our squad would be just so, so much better for it because at least Conte at least then has people he knows they can, can depend on that he thinks are going to add something to this team. Mm. And, yeah, it's a, it's a big 10, 11 days left in the window now to do something. There's, there's time. There's time. Um, you know, Paratici was out sort of strolling on the pitch again, wasn't he? I was just like, come on, mate. <laughs> go, go and do something. Just like, loves being seen, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I, I don't Back know. in the kitchen, cooking. <laughs> Fabio. He's cooking. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think Sean's absolutely spot on. Uh, Spurs have obviously moved away from that as a as a plan for signing players in the last couple of years. But I, I just think for Conte, you have to bend the rules. Like if he says we need a couple of older guys who have gone about and won everything and can do exactly what he knows they can do, then we do it and we and we take the hit. Um, but that's not very Spurs. So we'll probably buy some 20-year-old central midfielder from the Turkish league that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> Danny, Danny Rose-esque. <laughs> Vintage. Get the Google out. Yeah, um, exactly. Other performances we enjoyed yesterday, Sean. Anyone else that you really, really enjoyed watching? I mentioned them earlier, but I do think Winks and Skip in that midfield. Winks playing from deep. I think he, his assist for the first goal, if you go back and watch it, just so perfectly weighted for Kane. And Skip playing in a more advanced role because he kind of had to. He was kind of forced into that role. I thought he was really good at causing a lot of problems. You could see that he wasn't a natural there, but he did his absolute very best just to kind of poke Leicester and stretch him apart. And that kind of created space for Kane in turn of that. And that came in front of Gareth Southgate. So mm. England prospects for them looking quite rosy. Anyone else notice that Skip has got an absolute burn of pace that they didn't realise that he had? Yeah, quite so, it... Someone said we, we, he can be our Adama if we just get the oil out for him. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was very good. Yeah, I think he burnt Thomas, didn't he? He sort of took him all so. the way and then was like, oh, I've still got another 10 yards here, mate. Come on, <laughs> keep so up. So I, th- I have to say, I thought Winksy was brilliant. I yeah. thought I thought probably one of one of his best performances since like Juve back in or um Real Madrid back at like honestly we're going that far back but obviously Leicester were way off it in the central midfield and but you need good players to take advantage of that and last night he just 
he was our ticker. He was the guy making things happen. And and the, it was his way of pass, wasn't it, for Kane's um, uh, goal? Well, yeah. Yeah. That that don't take nothing away from the the pass is good, really good. So you know, it, positive signs from him. And uh, yeah, happy days. And Skip for me has a massive ceiling. Like it's scary what that kid could could be. If someone can, if someone can get him over the course of a season, just working on his shooting over and over and over and over, because I don't actually feel that he's that far off in terms of his general play. Like his his, his decision making is excellent. He knows mm. when to make little niggly fouls. He works so hard. His tackling is just magnificent. Yeah, it really when you is. Think uh-huh. that something's got away from him. So good at just nipping in. The one thing that, that kind of is just a little bit frustrating is when he gets into those advanced areas in the final third, you think either you want him to develop a really world-class weight of pass or get get that ball striking ability that we don't seem to have across our midfield. We don't have anyone. We don't have one. Mm-hmm. The, the, the player who you'd say probably has it most is Hoybier and his is a very much a big hit. Sort of <laughs> stand back, everyone. Pull yeah. back, yeah. Pull back the slingshot and see where it ends up. But yeah, it's a it's an issue because even in on the bench, you wouldn't say it like Numbele is probably the most the best at shooting out of the lot of them, or he scored the most goals from midfield out of the lot of them. And yeah. I mean, his long term. He's still a curly toe, isn't he? He's not. Well, exactly, mm. exactly. And Are we doing Winks dirty though? He seems to score 50-yard free kicks whenever he fancies. Mate, I know he claimed the last one as, oh, yeah, yeah, I meant to do that, but there's not, you're not having it, mate. I'm sorry. I, I, think, I, I, I know I mentioned him before, but I think we need to put Dotti in the good. Honestly, I, I, he has had mm. dogs off of the Spurs, uh, off of the Spurs. Um, I'm well, off some, us as well. For those, for those, the, for those <laughs> who can't see, oh, that's of, for. Oh, <laughs> Obviously, it's a podcast, so you you can't see that. I'm getting some strange looks, but I thought honestly, <laughs> I, I I thought it was so much better at using this space that was there that was there for the whole game yesterday he attacked the space he was playing balls into Kane making runs off him he's the catalyst for the comeback that run behind the fullback which was on the entire game and Spurs didn't manage to do it at all that he deserves massive credit and honestly I I said the other day after Emerson played I actually would like to see what Dotti can do at right wing back because he's clearly not a left wing back let's stop doing that let's stop doing that forever um but, uh, and I mean, look, I know it's only 45 minutes against the tired Leicester side, but it's, it was better than Emerson. And there's a, the, and you know, it's damning for him to be taken off at half time because he's clearly not doing what Conte wants him to do. There, there was a, I don't know about you guys, I got a little bit of a sense of guilt yesterday watching Doherty grow into the game because it made me think the chances are if, if, He'd had more support. Maybe he'd be playing just at not. I don't think anyone's claiming that he's world class or elite level. But we could be getting more, and we could be maximising what he can offer in terms of what we saw at times for Wolves, particularly in this setup. And you're right, Hunter. There was moments like that for the second goal. The fact that he sort of like busting a gut to get in there and putting himself in that position. I don't think Emerson is doing that. No, well, 
Emerson is hugging the touchline yeah. and standing waiting for a switch pass. Yeah, and then playing it back inside, which he doesn't have the bravery or the skill or the, or the speed to get past the fullback. I, I think, look, Dotty, if you ask Wolves fans, they'll tell you he was never that good at defending. That was not, not exactly what he was there for. He was there because he had a goal threat and he was good at getting... So when we had a lot of the ball, Conte's gone, OK, we have a lot of the ball, let's bring on the guy who is better at attacking. And it works. And it's not going to work every game. And he's he's probably not good enough to start every game for Spurs. But that's why they're looking at getting another right wing back. But it was a, he deserves plaudits for last night because I thought he was very good. Well, it's a damning the... indictment of Emerson, though. Just going, oh, well, no. he can't pass. <laughs> He can't run. <laughs> he's stuck on final ball. And he had to be brought off for someone we'd slagged off all season. He did do really well. Well, well, is it, well has Emerson had a, a 45 minutes as good as what Doherty had yesterday? Is my question. And the answer is probably no. No, I don't think so. You say in the game, uh, in the game, was it, no, it wasn't Norwich. It was the game where Lucas scored. Was it well, Palace? Pat, Palace, where he, we, but even then it's like that cross for Lucas. A was dolly, wasn't it? so high that Lucas had to out jump a six foot four defender to get on the end of. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. But that was as, clo- as close as it came. And I thought I did actually think because I was working last night, so I wasn't like completely in tune with like the Twitter timeline, or whatever. But every time I did, like, I looked down at my phone. There was there was this one guy who kept slagging off Doherty and keep insisting it was useless. And I was like, you know what? Fair enough. You got this agenda. You you run with it, bro. I'm yeah. <laughs> you're in you're in this deep. Don't there, back down. Double gone down. down. Gone down the rabbit hole. Just just stay where you are. I'll leave you be. Um, <laughs> let, let's go on to do the um, let's go on to do the bad and the ugly bits. So for the bad bit, I think we're going to do the first goal. For the ugly bits, we'll do the second goal. First one came off the back of a really frustrating period because I thought we were really, really good. Mm. And it sort of felt like that maybe that might be the sort of thing you could envisage happening when you saw the back three selected. Yeah, it felt very bit bit Barclays, that. Very Barclays. You know, Spurs sort of, you know, how many times have you seen it where teams banging on the door and then the other team just goes down the other end, has one shot and scores? That being said... When you look at where the Leicester players are as the attack's happening, where the Tottenham players are as we're moving towards sort of the final third, it's it, it it's quite damning. And although we want to put a lot on the back three here, there is the right wing back is nowhere to be seen. I think Regulon's too high, and the three in midfield. There's a there's a chasm between the three in midfield and the five Leicester players that are managing to get up with the play. So yes, uh, the, then the defending is. It's it's sort of childish. They're all moving towards the ball at the same time. No, it's just that lack of composure that I honestly feel like Eric Dyer and, and Romero improved this defense so massively. Just in those areas, you're going to have one in Romero. You're going to have one guy who's going to go and step out, and he's either going to win the ball or kill someone. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that, it was bad and and. But like you said, and we'll say it again, when you look at that as a back five, you do, or back, yeah, back five, back six, you do think how many of them are going to be starting in in Spurs' starting team next season? And the answer is probably not many. It's, a, it's frustrating watching, knowing that that's the case, isn't it, Sure, Knowing that you, you sort of see that selection, you're like, that possibly 
at some point in this game will have a wobble. Some nonsense is, gonna, is about to happen, you know it. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess, you know, the last few years, I've kind of made peace with that. Like, we, I think we were spoiled for so many years with the kind of back four. <coughs> excuse me. With the back four of um, Walker out of here with the Tongan Rose. Like, I thought that's the best defence I've ever seen in my life at Spurs. They were utterly imperious. And I think just kind of tempering expectations since then. Um, but like you say, the more I think about it, the more Romero and Dyer do complement each other well in this system and better times are coming. And the good news is that um, Argentina squad came out yesterday and Romero was not selected. So he'll get to stay at Hotspur Way and have another oh, week of conditioning. Yeah. It would have been so our luck, wouldn't it? For him to, <laughs> him to go and just get injured there. again. Yeah, to have not. Let, the Celso's Cel- going though, but so I imagine he'll get injured out there. Oh, that's nailed on. 100%. <laughs> it's nailed on, mate. Confirmed. Yeah, yeah. Confirmed. Um, so let's go on to the second goal then. And the reason why I'm putting this in the ugly is because of the feeling that was associated with it. Like it really, really felt for that period of time like it was going to be like, wow, we've got all these games in hand, we've dominated Leicester made them look very, very, very weak. And then through our own bad work, we've managed to somehow give this game away. Did you, did you had you sort of, did you have that feeling? Like, oh. Yeah, I had, the, I had the classic feeling where it was, you, you know that your your side should be winning the game and then they get, they get sucker punched and you've only got 15 minutes left and it's all like just staring down the barrel, really. Um, especially like after the game, looking at the amount of chances Spurs created and their XG was above four or something like that. And it was second, wasn't it? Yeah, it was ridiculous. So um, for that goal to go in in the sort of clumsy fashion that it did was uh, was very, very frustrating. But, you know, I know that's that's a bad bit, but we've got to, got to credit the fellas for showing some steel and rocking back and <laughs> getting that dub in the end. Should we do? Should we like break down every part of this goal then? <laughs> so, second goal goes in, and the first thing that that I'm now seeing, or the thing that everyone has spoken about a bit, is the nature of us going and getting the ball. Mm. Harry Kane in the goal, getting hold of the ball in the 95th minute. Yeah, I mean that is that says something, doesn't it? Yeah, getting into a little bit of a tangle with um. Schmeichel as well, which I quite I I see them as like enemies now because Kane has beaten them so many times, which is quite fun. Um, yeah, getting into a bit of a tangle there, but both of them just with this utter belief that Leicester and that's what happened, and I think partly because of what we what had come before in the game. Like we had make no mistake, I know Brendan Rogers come out and said some nonsense, but we battered them. We had one of the highest XGs this season. Like it's so like Brendan does it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Good good loser, that lad. Um and and so they believed that Leicester were there for the taking still. Like there was one more chance in the game. And it felt like that every time we went forward, we were at least creating something, like a, even if it was a half chance. Um, the, the, the kickoff for them will go down as one of the worst kickoffs in the history. Because if you're going to just go, right, everyone forward, everyone, we've got to try, then you have to just lump it up to the furthest player forward and then play from the second ball, right? You don't try and pass it through the, the three-man midfield in front of you. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, as you said, the, the 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 goal itself, I was so happy with that. I was like, so just that sense of relief, you know, because it does start to feel like injustice. 
Uh, and then, yeah, every, everything that happened after that is just chaos. Oh, beautiful chaos. bedlam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to talk a bit about the pass through, it was the weight on the pass tube was just oh, phenomenal. It was chef's kiss, mate. It was, uh, it was incredible. Yeah, it's just the, the guy that you wanted on the ball um, at that time to just make sure it was perfect, and it was. And um, just glad Stevie B didn't have didn't have his uh his Liverpool moment again, you know. Yeah. And then we would have heard from Conte saying like, ah, this was the chance that represented, <laughs> you know, it would have given us the the goal we deserved to win the game, <laughs> um, Alan Mourinho. But but yeah, the way to pass came, awesome, absolutely terrific. And then Stevie Sean just doing like it. It couldn't have been more perfect at the finish because it looked like, oh my god, this is not going to go in for about half an hour. <laughs> yeah, it did. I think because even before that, like the when Kane played the through ball, I thought obviously it was an amazing through ball, but they did kind of have that kind of half instinct you had. Schmeichel was going to come from off screen and clear this, yeah, and then he wasn't. And then Bergwijn just rounds him so easily. And then you're right. It wasn't the cleanest strike from Bergwijn. It's just, it's bobbling so close towards that post. And I was half expecting it just to go past it. Mm. And then it bounces in and Soyuncu, who was absolutely torn apart. It was awful. For (laughs) 98 minutes, just slamming the ball in the goal. (laughs) (laughs) Especially after you had those kind of, Fisty cuffs with Bergwijn in like the 91st minute where Bergwijn got booking for shoving him or whatever. Yeah. And he went down holding his face and just like... Tempo. Uh, yeah. oh, was, so do you know what beautiful. was really lovely? Was like, we were going to be robbed of getting to see the ball go into the net. But Sienchi <laughs> very kindly Punches smashed it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the greatest example of this was Rob Daly's commentary on it. Who... who he, if you listen to it, he he is waiting until literally <laughs> he goes silent while it's like rolling towards the most. It's, it's literally like all of us, like sort of going, Get in, you know, with, your, like, with your mind, you're trying to make it sort of bend in. But yeah, I just uh, and he then hits the bed- like a new octave with that yeah. commentary. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the uh, and then the bedlam after. I love when Lare- when Larice gets involved. You know something special's happened. Like all yeah. the pit. Lucas taking the fans' hat off. I don't oh, know. If that, seen- that was my favorite bit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the the video of the um, the Spurs fan behind the goal, who sort of him and a Leicester fan are sort of goading each other, and then there's just this you know that eerie silence before a ball goes in. Where the home fans and the away fans will sort of go, <gasps> it's like a vacuum, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> the silence before, shut. and then they just and they just are hurling abuse. I just thought it's beautiful, and I know they mentioned it on comms about it, but fans being back in the stadium, but it adds so much. It's just so mm. good, and yeah, brilliant. Can I can I quickly? I know I've already tweeted this, but I, I want to give a shout out to Pierre Melhoyer because for Stevie Bergvine to have that mission moment in his Tottenham career to go and get those two goals to bring the side back into the game to have come back from injury and now to have taken his chance it would have been so cruel if he was then given a second yellow card and banned from playing against Chelsea and the way that Hoybier grabs hold of him and stops him going to celebrate with the crowd has effectively meant that we still got all the bedlam we still got all the madness and the chaos and we got all the scenes of the stewards running around. But 
Bergwijn doesn't get a second yellow card and he probably will. If he doesn't start against Chelsea, you'd imagine he'll get at least 20 minutes, 25 minutes against Chelsea and another opportunity to get his first career back on track. It would be so Stevie Bergwijn to have then got a ban, which meant yeah. that he didn't take a chance. <laughs> it really would have. It really would have. then go into the international break. He has mm. two weeks off, a couple more players come back, Son comes back and then he can't get into the team. I mean, like that... that I, I, I know I'm sort of overstating it a little bit, but it's like for him, that is just, that could have been such a horrible thing to have added a little asterisk on the back end of uh, of what should have been like the most special moment that he's had barring his goal against Man City. Yeah. But huge props to, to Hoybier for having sort of the, the, the mindset at that time because he bolts off after him and sees him about to go into the crowd and you just see him sort of like dive it's like, do you know what it's like? It's like the reverse. Remember when Arsenal came from three down to draw three through a Bournemouth a few years ago mm. and Giroud scored the last minute equalised and he was like doing like this scorpion kick celebration and Ale- you can see Alexis Sanchez in the distance looking at him like, what the hell is he doing? With the <laughs> it's the opposite drawing. of that. This is, this is good teammate stuff. This is well, look, we that's need. also, that's what Arsenal go 2-2 with Palace earlier this season. Mm. Lacazette goes off to the corner and celebrates for five minutes. It's like that—that that is a difference. That is different. Yeah. Like Spurs players last night were like, "We're not fucking done here. We're gonna we're gonna keep going." And uh, Stevie B, yeah, deserves. I mean, I was—I'm not in the idea. I don't—I don't want to sell Stephen Bowen. I, I didn't want to sell Stephen Bowen. I have fought his corner for too long to sell him now. Yeah, <laughs> and, and also, <laughs> yeah. and also. I know he hasn't played much under Conte, but what he has played, he's been great. Is that, you know, the, of the West Ham game, he was brilliant. And then he got his injury, which is very standard. But we're seeing this as a few players. Sessegnon's the same for me. Like, there's a few players who are starting, starting to show something that we hadn't seen before. And you add a couple of players in, you get rid of a couple of players. And I really think there's a squad there. Um, there's, um, there's a great stat. I think Charlie Eccleshare put it out this morning that, Bergwijn scored as many goals in 80 seconds as in his last 56 matches for Tottenham, which really tells you. Oh, my God. Put it behind you, Stevie. This is where it starts. And uh, apparently he's no longer for sale, or so as to believe. How many players have we got in the team that that look threatening in the final third? I remember when Conte was first point, I remember Dan said on this pod, like, we're about to find out how many good Premier League players Spurs have. And he, made, and he did pick out, like, Bergwijn, is he going to be a good Premier League player? I think we at least know now this is at least a squad of half-decent Prem players. Mm. And we can get top four if it, if we don't make any changes to it. But I would like to remove all doubt with a, with a couple of signings. <laughs> I think we can get we can get top four because the general standard outside of those three is pretty average i'd say by by sort of obviously we're a good team and an arsenal a good team united a good team not a great team still have loads of mistakes and that's why we can get in make no mistake if we got in the champions league with this squad i think we'd get um a harsh reminder of what the champions league's like is all i'll say um <laughs> and 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 conte knows that's why he's saying what he's saying and why he's so sort of you know passionate in in his beliefs that some changes need to be made and Spurs can't be too, you know, they have to think with their head, not with their heart in some of these, like that it's just time to, to move some players on. I pray that we do something before yeah. the end of Jan. Like we, we you, in current guys, you can see, you can just see that conversation in 
June, can't you? Where we're all sitting here and being like, well, there was the opportunity after the Leicester game <laughs> where, we, where we knew that we could make the top four if we just went out and, and got that little bit of extra investment. And you'd have to say that we do make that little bit of extra investment in the squad and then we make the top four as a result. The cash that comes with being in the top four and the kind of the infrastructure growth that comes with being in the top four is just totally worthwhile. Like, it's a bit, yeah. Oh, well. Um, fingers crossed. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Chelsea, Chelsea. Right. Um, <laughs> let, let's quickly just preview this one. Do you put out the three-man midfield against Chelsea? Yes. Uh, it's a yes. yes for me, dog. Yeah. I Seeing think how they passed around Spurs yeah. in the two Carabao Cup games, I think they need to pack that midfield. Too easy. To give them, yeah, it's yeah. far too easy just to give them some sort of hope of getting on the ball or moving it quickly when they do get the ball because it'll yeah. probably be counter-attacking from Spurs I'd imagine on Sunday uh, yeah I, I'm totally in agreement with Jude I think you, you keep the three in the middle uh, you maybe you keep Dotty at right wing back I think he deserved it I think you bring Sessegnon in for regular on if just so that we manage minutes on, on his legs because Sess against an Azpilicueta who's had to play every game for the last six weeks is it's an opportunity. Alonso and Azpilicueta against Brighton look knackered. Mm. A lot of their players actually look very tired. And Thomas Tuchel came out and said, "Look, we're tired. There's, we can't hide it. We, we we don't we don't have the options to change a lot of these players around." That being said, our, our, as we said before, our record at Stamford Bridge is genuinely horrific. Like it's like <laughs> embarrassingly bad. So I'll expect nothing from this one. For me, this one's a bit of a free hit. It always is. Um, but yeah, I would keep the three, uh, and I, I don't know about Dyer. Has anyone heard about Dyer? I think I think Conte said the players that are out now are out until Fine. after the break. But so, that's so it'll be that again it is what break. it is. But this is the last game before the international break, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is actually look. It could not have come at a better time. This international break, and I can't. We keep. I feel like we keep saying that for Spurs. But but two more weeks to get a few players back. You know, bringing Son back, getting Regulon. A little nap, and then getting Romero and Dyer <laughs> completely fully fit, like up to well as close as fully fit. I imagine they'll probably try and get a game behind closed doors during the during the. This is what they do when you have got a lot of injuries. You do a little behind closed doors game against Leighton Orient or something. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, no, look, I'm I'm looking forward to it now. But honestly, and um, yeah, let's see. Yeah, it's it's suddenly got a completely different complexion on this one, hasn't it? Particularly when you look at the fact that um, West Ham will play Man United and that means one way or the other, someone's in a worse position out of those two. You know, I mean, if, if, if United were to beat West Ham, obviously that puts a little bit of heat on us, but it certainly means that, that West Ham sort of drop out of that conversation in terms of um, being a short thing in the top four. They're very much in the, in the mix already. And if United were to beat them, you'd think that they would kind of get slowly dragged into Europa League, Europa Conference League uh, position. <laughs> Anything else that you want to see, Shorty, from, from the performance against Chelsea? I mean, I suppose in the second leg of the League Cup, we really, really did um, pile the pressure on about cutting through. I didn't think that we looked, um, I didn't think that we looked miles off them in terms of, um, in terms of the quality of the day. It was just our inability to lay a glove on them from an attacking point of view. Yeah, I guess the thing that'll be it was it'll just speak about resilience hanging in there like until the like even if it's 
1-0, 2-1, 80th minute, at least we're still in the game. At least there's a chance that we can still go get something. I think I'm not expecting miracles because, like you say, it is Stamford Bridge, regardless of how iffy Chelsea have been recently. But just give us something to really kind of hang on to because we do have um, a couple of trips to the big boys coming up in this half of the season. Yeah, we also get the joy of it being the last game on Sunday so we can see other mm. people chuck results <laughs> left, right and centre, get our hopes up. Although saying then... that, Arsenal have Palace at Palace on Sunday, yeah. which is... No, they're, uh, they're home to they've Burnley. got Burnley at home. Oh, they got Burnley? <laughs> That's mm. much worse. <laughs> oh, you've got to win <laughs> no, that one. <laughs> no, I'm optimistic now. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, I've just got my got my weeks wrong. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have... Well, there's Friday night football this week. Jeez, I just hate Friday what for, night football. Watford Norwich. Watford Norwich. Norwich. Oh, a six-pointer. Never a good game, is it? It's oh. always, it seems to always be Watford Norwich on Friday night football. Yeah. Have In they, the championship. Yeah. <laughs> Have they sorted out when this Arsenal replay is going to be yet? Or is that still pending? We haven't had anything. I haven't seen anything. But you just just know, don't you? You know what happens. Yeah. Because suddenly it gets billed on Sky Sports as the one billion pound game. Yeah. (laughs) The biggest game. Champions League for the next 10 years. Lasagna Gate Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Well, look, we'll leave it there for today. Great fun, lads. Thanks so much, Stu, Sean, and to Hunter. Check out everyone's social channels in the description. Um, and also, thank you to you for listening. If you haven't subscribed, please do consider subscribing. We're here most weeks chatting about all things Spurs. We'll hopefully be back for you on Monday after Spurs beat Chelsea and moved into the top four. Um, in the in the short term, though, enjoy the next 48 hours in the afterglow of Spurs smashing up Leicester. Oh, what a night. Watching Tottenham on a Tuesday night. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.